Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Space Game Junkie Podcast. I, as always, am your co-host, Brian, and joining me, as always, is your co-host, Jim. Heidi ho Hi. You know, Brian, do, yes. you ever, do you ever have problems when you're, like, light years away from home trying to get audiobooks? You know, I do run into that uh, problem occasionally. Sometimes the book won't make it all the way through the subspace relays. From, yeah, uh, from and that's the- why this episode is sponsored by Ansible. Ansible, purveyor of fine audiobooks at any distance using quantum, and te- quantum entrainment technology. We can get your book to you anywhere in real time. Even the, even, even the newest John, uh, Jack Campbell book that tells about the beginnings of the Lost Fleet universe that came out yesterday? Yes, and if you go to Ansible.com and use the hash code fake ad then uh well you don't get anything because it's not real <laughs> we should try and start making this a thing seriously if you if you feel up to it i, I love it i love it we should to- I, I i'm down if you want to like make a little script or something um oh, that was fantastic joining us also is your co-host hunter also brought to you by space depends for when you oh. get <laughs> when you absolutely have to somebody <laughs> when you when you when you get when you get interdicted and you have no shields space depends it's your last line of defense when you have to stay on the bridge longer <laughs> than you intended space depends <laughs> oh my god uh sa- sadly uh spaz couldn't join us this week he's dealing with some family stuff uh so uh sadly about that but hopefully all the family stuff goes well and we do have a guest joining us from oh my god i wrote it down but i forget now riga latvia, latvia. riga latvia that's is that did i say it right riga latvia yep okay uh Internet handle syndromes, because you won't tell me your real name, so I'm fine with that. His real name is Spazzy Dragon. Uh, <laughs> right. well, I, I decided that you have already already have a Spazzy, so you know that's yeah. that's what he prefers. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give him grief about it. That's what he prefers to be called. What am I gonna say? Uh, I don't even remember his real name. That's um, the sad part. I know it, but oh. I don't. Spazzy. Yeah, we're not gonna I don't, tell. But I'm, I'm, I'm just saying. He has one, but it, it, he, he prefers going by that moniker, so I'm not going to say it. Um, you are in uh, Latvia, and you are one of the server admins out of what? I think you said four server admins, right? Uh, four the count s- seems to fluctuate. Well, I think you said several. Basically four, but basically six. One of several server admins for the uh, long-running total conversion slash mod slash piece of amazingness that is Discovery Freelancer, which, uh, folks, if you're not aware, it is a... Uh, it, is, it, is, it is kind of a mod, but it's also a total conversion. It's kind of its own thing. It basically is a thing for Freelancer uh, that... Basically, doesn't try to reinvent the wheel, but tries to make a better, bigger wheel, and uh, and succeeds brilliantly. I think uh, we're kind of enamored with it right now because uh, we wanted to play uh, a massively multiplayer game, but as you all know, Elite doesn't do it for us, and uh, Jumpgate really is great, but doesn't have the population to do it for us. So. 
I think it was um I think it was you Hunter that that uh came up with the idea to look at uh freelance was it you Hunter that came up with the idea to look at freelancer discovery a little while back? Well, I mean, Jim had talked about it at one point and like I think we were we had we had we had messed around with it probably what about a year ago I would say. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. And then and then it kind of as things tend to kind of fell behind cuz you know, games are ever evolving and so many are coming out, it's hard to keep up. But looking at you know something more for our community to get involved with, we we were looking at uh, this and boy howdy has it come a long way even in just a year. So yeah, yeah, we well, guys have like uh, DM tools in here now, so you can actually do events and stuff and like all these things that this game was never supposed to do, which is amazing. But it's all all held up by Prit stick and glue. <laughs> Let's talk about that now. Oh, it's, it's hacky as hell. <laughs> I'm sure it is, but the, it and, and and the problem is, um, unlike the free space, the uh, free space folks, you guys don't have the source code, uh, which uh, is. I don't think that they have a, uh, the actual source code as well, but I'm pretty sure they did their own thing. Like uh, they were able to do, uh, oh, no, in certain f- ways, a lot more than we did. Now the free space folks, the Volition did release the source code back in 2002 because they knew they weren't yeah. going to make another free space. Uh, so they do have it, but you guys, you guys have basically bolted all this together without and then duct the so- tape on the bolted part. <laughs> yeah. So you've been with the project at least a decade, at least it sounds yep. like. So how did yep. you? And I don't know whether or not that. I and I still don't know whether or not that is depressing or not. No, it's not. It's amazing. So you were telling me a little bit about the history uh, last night in a, in a message. But for folks who aren't aware of the mod, can you can you let's start at the beginning? How did Discovery get started? And like, give us like a rundown of how it got to where it is today, if you don't mind. Well, basically, Disco started off as a visionary of this one Russian dude named Igis. Uh, a Igis, who sadly is not with the community anymore. He has moved on to other games for, like, about six years now, and been kind of, uh, maybe kind of prolonging his legacy, so to speak, right? And, uh, just like most mods for Freelancer back in the day, it just started off with, uh, people saying, you know what this game needs? Imports! It needs imports from existing franchises, so obviously people added stuff like uh, ships from Star Wars, um, and uh, you know, Battlestar, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But at some point, it kind of turned out that uh, this is very appealing for people, and uh, it was made a little bit bigger and a little bit more bigger, and then more people came along, and well, here we are now. That is basically the TLDR version. Obviously, I can uh, you know delve a little bit deeper, but that's basically the gist of it. We well, started off small, and then something happened. Well, we did something right. You've you've seemed to have done a lot of things right because there are a lot of things in this mod that a lot of people bemoaned the original freelancer for not having, like uh trading tools for example like i was telling you earlier i did a trading run the other day the original game like it seems so combat focused like it had commodities but like yeah whatever this is just stuff that you loot after you kill someone to sell 
But in your mod, you actually have commodities that you can buy and then see where you could sell it for at the best price. And it might be far away, but it makes it worth it. Yes, so, and unlike Elite, it tells you where to sell which it for is, the best price. Which you would think... Or at least the best pl- best price that you think you have. Yeah, I mean, I was lucky that I just did a run where the best price happened, happened to hold up. So I made quite a bit of money for my lengthy run. But uh, I can imagine that information is not always accurate. Uh, oh, the information is always accurate. It's just that you take a look, you sort the prices by, uh, you know, by the quantity... But uh, at the same time, you you can be pretty much 100% sure that there is a place somewhere out there that buys it twice as good. Really? You just haven't yes. discovered? You, you will never. Dis- yes. Yes. Oh, you, will start off, you will start off with a basic map, but it's still up for you to find the best spots. Oh, because right. Because you said that the, um, the game has the original freelancer systems, but that's like a third of the game, I believe you said. So uh, it's probably a little bit uh, like that portion is probably a little bit less by now. Dear Lord, we we did add a lot of things, and that way removed a lot of things. And so, we kind of ended up adding too many systems at some point. <laughs> is there such a thing? Yes, uh, especially when the server population is constantly changing. That we kind of add systems and then kind of subtract systems so the overall amount of players don't get, quote, lost in the experience, so to speak. And I have to say, I've noticed that the population does seem to vary. Like, I've noticed there's at times maybe a couple hundred people on. Sometimes there's about between a dozen to 50 people, uh, depending on the time of day and what day and whatnot. But that's... Yeah, I've seen it up to 80. That's pretty good. Like, I think I logged in the weekend the other day, and I saw it was well over 100 people. It has uh, 10 times more players on any given day than God Factory Wingman. Or Jumpgate, which is the sad part. That's the well, really To be part. fair, we're currently the only surviving populated server. Um, Void kind of went down the drain. Uh, Hamburg City went down the drain. We're currently managing to kind of hold up the whole intra- uh, like freelancer multiplayer aspect of the game that what actually still counts as one. So, uh, but, I mean, you know, hopefully that number is going to like go up. Oh, hopefully. But I'm, what I'm saying is this is a 14 year old game and you still have dozens of people playing it on a regular basis, not just playing it, role playing it, which is something I wanted to talk about. Uh, I, when I did my long, like, three-hour stream a couple weeks ago, there were people role-playing the Navy. Which and, and you were also telling me a story about how someone role-plays a police officer? Well, the, uh, the server is a role-play server, so uh, you, when you make a character, you basically pick a faction you want to immerse yourself in, and then you role-play to that faction. And uh, apparently this was the right, the right thing to do, because Discovery used to have two servers. We used to have a roleplay server, and we used to have a dedicated PvP server. And, well, the roleplay one survives to this day, and the PvP one was discontinued. So apparently this is something that people can get into as long as they immerse themselves. And now, I, I want to ask, because to roleplay a certain thing, you have to buy a specific, like, license type thing. You have to buy, like, like in Privateer, you'd have to get a letter of Mark, for example. I mean, not Privateer, like Sid Meier's Pirates. 
is the example I think of where you had to buy, get a letter of mark, you know, to, to work for a specific faction or country or whatever. Here you have to get like an ID, I believe it's called, to be a cop or to be a minor. Um, yes. How did that? How did you guys get that? Because the original game didn't have that, for example. How did you guys oh, get the original? The original game didn't have a lot of things. It didn't have a lot of with, things. Yeah, it was, it was a great game. <laughs> uh, it, it's a great game, but yeah, it was it was missing a lot. Slightly unfinished. Slightly unfinished. Yeah, we tried but, our best though. For for example, how did you bolt that kind of ID system into the game? Well, basically, what happened is that uh, people wanted to a role-play environment. At some point, uh, it I think what happened is that during the one of the very, very early iterations of Discovery, when it actually became public and downloadable by other people, uh, at some point, people just started role-playing because uh, back in 2007, 2006, it was well, very popular. And it still is popular. And basically what happened is that um, we quickly find out that Freelancer, in its uh, close-to-vanilla uh, state, you know, at that point we only had additional systems, additional ships, um, you know, that the mod actually uh, offered. And at that point, we realized that in order to make this a role-play environment, there are many things that players should be able to do, and many things the players shouldn't be able to do, right? So, for example, without the ID, you could get a Liberty Navy ship, and you could... Um, you know, role-play yourself as a Liberty Navy officer, right? But nothing without an ID, nothing stops you from suddenly starting to shoot people without any meaning, or uh, trying to extort traitors, uh, piracy, etc. So something that wouldn't really make sense in a role-play environment. And um, basically, something that we couldn't reinforce with the game mechanics, we had to enforce with these IDs. And apart from many of the other game systems that they're um, responsible for, it's basically a in-game item that allows players to know what to expect from your character, what kind of limitations it has, right? And at the same time, it acts as a TLDR introduction of what your character can do and what they can't do. That'd be a (laughs) very close, very, very short way to explain it. But I'm I'm fascinated to know how you bolted that into a game that never had anything like that to begin with. Well, you can add um, a whole myriad of internal uh, items as long as you kind of pointed that um, that it needs to show up in that specific slot. And at that point, it was just specifying where the item is being mounted, what it is, what does it do, and well, you see it when you scan people. Freelancer is probably one of the easiest games to mod, and at the same time, the most annoying games to mod. Yeah, that's interesting that you said that, because one of the things that Jim and I were looking at was your your server tools. Uh, <laughs> and well, well, what's funny about it is like the, the game is so easily moddable, but like at the same time, it's also like stupid fragile. Yes, it, it it's made out of crisps. <laughs> don't blow it. Like, don't blow at it too much. It is going to fall over. 
this is this is why we don't have large content patches anymore. It's like uh, you introduce things step by step, and then you have a cooldown period where you're just sitting at the forums, sitting at the bug report thread, and just waiting for someone to bump it. It's like, hey, I accidentally crashed the whole server. Oh, so is that what you Whoops. used to do? You used to do big uh, content patches, and then that would just cause all yes. kinds of kinds of problems. So, you, oh yes, you you've iterated smaller. Now you'd have smaller, uh, littler, littler patches. I'm guessing. Exactly, exactly. Um, for those like all the people who have delved into freelancer modding over the last ten years, they probably remember that uh, usually the tool to use for this was freelancer mod manager. Yeah. But the problem is that in order to do that, uh, we obviously we did use it for quite a while. But the problem with that is that every time you wanted to make a patch or a uh, update, uh, the players would have to uninstall everything, download the new mod, install everything, and as you might expect, patching, especially for like minor fixes, like something that um, breaks the server, for example, there's a NPC patrol path that is not syncing correctly, and uh, if you sp- if it spawns NPCs around you at that point, it just crashes the whole game. Well then people need to uninstall everything again, download the updated version, and install it again. So we ended up kind of moving away from that system. Now we have a patcher, we have a launcher, we have a patcher. That makes things easier. Thank God. Sorry, my push-to-talk is acting funny. Uh, I noticed but before I did my uh, big stream, it downloaded a small patch uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, and it was very easy. It was very seamless. And now, just, oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, just open the, pa- uh, open the launcher. And the, obviously, this is an old game, so the tiny little patches are less than... You're, you're probably not even going to know patch something. Yeah, that was the only patch I've ever seen it um, see it do, and it it worked it worked flawlessly, like without a problem. It's very impressive. Uh, how much work? I like how I. I'm sorry. How much uh, work went into making that uh, launcher? Uh, the launcher is courtesy of our Ethel Hook Dev Ali who is still trying to step away from the community, but we kind of keep uh, calling her back. Uh, The problem is, um, Discovery, like most of its content, physical content that players can see, uh, ships, uh, systems, um, equipment, all of that is made by uh, our devs. And it is something that you can train people to make. Uh, They can learn. There are tutorials. There are tools. It is something that you can sit down and learn to do. But at the same time, all of the background stuff, uh, the actual plugins the server uses, the plugins you see, the events, uh, everything is uh, done with a Ethel hook program. That's basically the way to add things to the freelancer that was never meant to happen in general, right? And uh, we currently only have one person with two trainees who are capable of that sort of coding, and we are still heavily reliant on sites like Starport. So ah, that's basically how old, it happens. Good old Starport. Is it still yeah, around? There's I haven't two been there. levels. I, is it still oh, around? it's still I around. I have been there in a million like, years. 
Yep, and threads are still being posted and freelancers still being modded. That is amazing because I remember playing with mods like within a year of this coming out back in the day and just really impressed as to what people were doing. And I was for a while a heavy uh, mod manager user. Uh, I'd, I'd switch back and forth between all kinds of mods. Like, what was one of the big ones back in the day? Crossfire? What's it called? Was that the big? Was that one of the big ones? That's, that's another one that's still around a little. Oh, it's bit. still around. Yeah, Crossfire, Flak eighty eight. Wow. So else? Crossfire still incorporates the single player campaign. So if you want to play the single player with the graphics bumped up, that's probably the way to go there. But you still we had you to need get the, rid of it. Yeah, you need the uh, freelancer mod manager for that because you have to download it separately and inject it into your freelancer install. Whereas this thing can just install itself. There was actually another reason why we kind of went with the patcher thing, and it's that in today's, uh, you know, in year 2017, players are interested in these older titles, players who didn't play the original games. But at the same time, we are also talking about a new demographic of players who are not used to trying to mod things and then troubleshoot. They want to install something. A they, they want things to work straight out of the box. And uh, oh. hopefully, hopefully that patcher kind of lets it work. It's See, it's a lot less of a hassle. See, this describes our earlier conversation this morning when we were talking about early access here on Discord. People just want it to work right out of the box when early access is like, hey, we're still making this, we're still troubleshooting it, we're still, <laughs> you know. So I, I totally understand the, the the issue with wanting a mod and then needing to tweak it over time to make it uh, better. Obviously, considering the overall population across all of the servers is dropping because, hey, you know, the game is getting old, let's face it. And um, there, like, this is 2017, there's a lot um, less of a void when it comes to sort of arcade space sim-esque titles coming out. You know, there was a bit of a boom uh, at some point a few years back, right? Um, We're kind of trying to make sure that people who do decide to try Discovery, that they actually succeed, they get to actually play the game and experience it, and that they don't give up somewhere along the way. You know, they, they, they download, they install things, it, it doesn't work, they go like, well, well, I tried, and they just go back to other games that they play. Well, the th- I, it's I kind of a battle for every single person. At this I, think, point. I think it's interesting, even though there has been a resurgence in space games, there hasn't been a resurgence in free freelancer style games. I mean, there are a couple of games that try to copy the formula, like what Dark Star One and Sirius Online. Uh, 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 Avorian's oh. also very freelance-esque. Uh, what, what about what about that uh, one that you can play on PC and Android? Um, oh, God, it's on the tip of my Vendetta tongue. Vendetta Online? Tongue. Yes, yes, that one. Eh. Didn't know what that one though. That that one that one fits the mold. I would say I mean, that one it's fits not the as, mold. It's not as depthy, maybe, but it's it's still definitely 
Uh, it's it's close. Well, I would say it's it's definitely uh, much more on the MMO side of things. I always also would say I don't know also, what it what it and is. And there's and they're still heavily developing it too. It's true. They just released a patch like to yesterday. But um, the thing about freelancer is it like perfectly squared the line between depth and accessibility thanks to its control scheme. And like oh, there, have been, there have been there have been other games that have tried to copy it, and none have gotten. I don't know what it is about it, but like, there's something about freelancer. Probably that, the way, huh? It's probably the way that the camera moves. Yeah, it's like, so I, intuitive. We've been we had these topics. We had these topics before. Like, what makes freelancer freelancers? So, like, uh. It it mostly stemmed from the topics, basically. You know, hey, let's recreate a freelancer esque game on, I don't know, Unity or, uh, you know, Unreal Engine or something. So, what is the first thing that you need to get so that it feels familiar and it feels freelancer? And probably the first uh, answers you would get is to get down the way the camera moves with the ship. Um, if you're currently playing your footage in the background, you can uh, see that the camera kind of moves back from the ship when you go one side, it kind of leans to one side, leans to the other side. And if you're playing through third person, as you should be. Mm-hmm. And if that, if someone actually got that move down. I feel like I just got judged hard. No, it's yeah. supposed to be Judging. played third person. There, there's, I, I mean, you can play it first person, but come on. It's not the way it's meant to be played. Um, but, yeah, there's something about so intuitive about the way the camera flows as you're moving around. You know, it just feels it's very, very comfortable. very comfortable and natural. You know, it just feels really right. And it's weird because no matter what size ship you get, like, from this large transport that I'm flying, these little fighters, it, it, kind of, it feels like it adapts really well to what you're flying. You know, well, here's the thing. Like, from a technical aspect, uh, every ship has a setting of where the uh, player camera can be. And as far as I know, oh. there is just a formula. You take the size of the ship, then you adjust that. The f- formula adjusts how far back it needs to be and how upwards into the relation to, uh, from the horizontal line it needs to be so that you can sh- uh, see almost all of your ship in most cases. And at the same time, it doesn't take up a lot of screen space. And at the same time, the camera is not pointing it down because, of course, you're still flying in a 3D environment. Right. And that that is the thing I was going to say. There are a lot of uh, space... The, I think the biggest resurgence space game is the top-down, like, 2D, you know, uh, space game. I think that's where a lot of the resurgence has been coming from. But not a lot of games try this pseudo 2.5 3D thing that Freelancer is doing that succeeds so well at. You know, which is which is so... Yes, Katajarin, Star Sector is great, but that's also a top-down 2D game. Um, even though it's a great one, and probably one of the best ones, sir, uh, it's not this. And 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 you're right. It's it's something to do with the controls and the camera, and and just the way the combat flowed was just so fluid. You know, I think another game, the other thing, and we mention this all the time that this game does so well, 
that few games really emulate well is the radio chatter. You got other ships. Oh, yes. fly, you got other ships flying around, but they're talking to each other. And does Discovery add any of that, or is there just so much of it that it feels like it doesn't feel repetitive? It feels. It 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 feels. Uh, the funny thing is, like the original game, uh, straight off the bat, uh, Discovery didn't add any chatter, right? Uh, the amount of voice content in the original game was so copious that it actually still holds up like discovery it, it does made made the universe three times or four times larger and it still feels like there's enough uh, audio sort of encounters it's still populated yeah and i like how the voices but, the voices are a little dynamic like i was flying around last night and usually in this in the single player campaign you're just freelancer alpha 1-1 one one, you know like that's actually from the that's actually from the uh, original game if you play multiplayer with the right. original game they are actually going to oh. code numbers yeah yeah i noticed that because i haven't played much multiplayer before this and so i noticed like last night i was freelancer 20-1 i was like whoa that's amazing and i wasn't sure if your mod did that or if that was vanilla but that's vanilla. That was vanilla. Oh That's vanilla. That's amazing. They thought of many, many things when they made this game. Apparently, and just as surprisingly, just as surprisingly, they didn't think of things such as um, <laughs> all of the stats of the like the game being uh, client side, which means that hey, I could I can just tweak a few files and make myself invulnerable in multiplayer. Oh really? They did not think that too. Yeah, they did not think that through. So how Thankfully, does Discovery does have a very good anti cheat system? I was gonna say, how does Discovery get around that? What's uh, what's the what is how does the anti cheat system work? Uh, it's also the launcher. That's our anti cheat system. It basically just reads your game files and memory. If you start doing something odd, it is going to make you very sad. Oh, I noticed that because I tried running. I tried running the mod without the launcher, and like it wouldn't nope, let me. Connect. It's not going to let you. It, nope. Well, nope. I could run the game, but it wouldn't let me actually like really do anything. Like I couldn't connect to the server and all this stuff. So, yeah, you really need to run the launcher. Because I tried doing the DX Win thing I was telling you about, where I wanted to lock the cursor mm. into the window. Um, but uh, yeah, you have to have the launcher. So. What would you say? Because I'm I'm fascinated about modding this game. What would you say is the easiest thing to mod, and what would you say is the most difficult thing to mod in Freelancer? Uh, I'd say the easiest thing to mod are weapons, but the hardest thing is to make something new and something interesting when it comes. To it. I mean, sure, you can make a gun that shoots faster and a gun that shoots, uh, you know, at longer ranges, and you can change the audio of the gun. But try making something completely new with new effects, like a beam weapon, or maybe a cluster missile that, you know, when you shoot it doesn't spawn in front of you, but instead spawns at an angle, or fires five shots at the same time. Disco and Freelancer in general is easy to mod, but it's very hard to make something that is different, that's worth adding, so to speak. Right, but your mod adds so much not just systems but like how many ships does 
discovery add to the game? At this point, we have added more than 250 oh ships. And oh. the thing is, it's not just ships, it's ship types. Right, And yeah, that's of probably course. one of yeah. our biggest things. We do introduce capital ships. Mm-hmm. And right. at the same time, yes, capital ships are the most expensive sh- ships you can get in the game. And yes, they are powerful, and they are very good at dealing with other ships, but they are never considered the, quote, best ship, right? It's still about fighter combat. You can still do everything with a fighter. So there's no death penalty, right? So there is uh, there is very little. Like, yeah, do you so lose, once you, do you lose your cargo, a certain level. Like, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, well, I'm I'm just looking at like there's no way to to get a setback from like you you took a ship out and like in elite, right? You go out, you get killed, you got to pay like ten percent of the of the purchase price of your ship to get it back. That kind of deal, five percent, whatever it is. So, funnily enough, this is something that people both want to see <laughs> in the mod, and at the same time, they it is something they don't want to see in the mod because well, sometimes you, you you just die to the most stupid ways possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it, example, it's just the thing of like float- once you've achieved a, a giant ship, if you well, f- also if if you get in a big ship and then you want to go back to a fighter. Then the rebuy, you know, like when you trade that ship in, um, it's minuscule compared. I think it's what, like, yes, but you you never, you should never consider selling a ship. You buy a ship, okay, keep the ship. Hey, make a new character. Uh, The launcher does allow you to, uh, obviously, Freelancer still has that limitation whether you have a certain fixed amount of characters per account, but you can swap between accounts now. Because the launcher allows it. It's just a double click and you swap between accounts and you have another set of uh, seven slots to use for characters. We have players on the server that have maybe 20, 30 accounts. Oh, five wow. players, uh, f- five characters each. That's normal. That's something that we want new players to understand. This is not like a regular MMO. The more characters you get, the more flexible you are, the more fun you can have in Disco. Okay, well, that's oh, cool. That's really so awesome. basically, I just have a character for each ship, and I keep the ships forever. That, that, yep, that's exactly. the workaround of uh, not being able to have a garage full of ships. Pretty much. I mean, there's many ways to do this. For example, you can have one character who... Well, just if you want to have multiple ships for that, name, them, name the ships uh, similarly, like, uh, I don't know, some sort of a call sign... And if you want another ship for that character, make the same call sign, but add a dot. That's a, a very popular way to do that, for example. Now, talking about the characters, because um, I don't think this was something in the original game, you could have a money transfer be uh, between different characters under your umbrella character. So... Like when 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 I was doing the uh, the stream a while back, and you said there was a money make a money making character, I had no idea what you're talking about. But now that I've learned that um, you can make like a mining character, have them make a lot of money, and then send some of that money to one of your other characters, is that that's 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 how it works, right? You can that's, yeah, that's exactly. 
I still... Uh, the funny thing is, we didn't always have that. I mean, Discovery, when it was uh, new back in 2000... Relatively new, right? Uh, we didn't get a lot of server commands because uh, Ethelhook was still being dicey as hell and unstable. Um, at that point, it wasn't kind of... Uh, it, it, it wasn't a big deal to see players in New York go like, hey, can you help me with the transfer? Hey, can you help me with the transfer? Right? And uh, these days, it's just um, make a new character. Uh, when you have a character you make your money on, be it a trader or a miner or whatever, uh, you go, hey, you know what? I want to make a pirate character. I want to join the outcasts. Well, make an outcast character. Just make a new character, restart as outcast, so you get the ID and the map and the reputation for that character. And just transfer um, the money from your money-making character to that character, and just set it up as you see fit. So, so how many? Uh, Sorry, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. Now, I, I noticed there are a, a bajillion server commands. Uh, is that something the mod added, or were they there? Uh, yes. Vanilla? Oh, okay. Like vanilla had no server commands. Oh my god! None at all. At all. None. Really? Oh my god! So, uh, so how did how does that how did that get implemented, and how much work did that take? Because it sounds like there was a lot of iteration getting to a stable point where you can have server commands. Exactly. Well, Ethel Hook in general is not specifically native to Disco. It is just a server software uh, freelancer server you uses. It's just that our version of Ethel Hook specifically adds stuff that is um, used on server, for example, the text that you see when you enter a system for specific times. Um, obviously, cash transfers is not are, is not exclusive to Discovery Freelancer. It's also used on other servers. Um, Ethel Hook in general is just a third-party freelancer server management um, plugin that just adds all of the stuff that Freelancer should have had <laughs> at the day of its release, but obviously it didn't. Multiplayer was seemingly an afterthought for that time. And obviously, with the numbers that we get and we got and we are still getting, it still exceeds what the original developers had in mind when it comes to Freelancer. I think they actually made Freelancer multiplayer with the idea, hey, I'm going to... Uh, you know, play with my buds a little bit, a bit of a co-op with missions and trading and stuff. They never thought it would be around 100 people playing or something. Oh, I I was trying to look up this thing you were talking about. I thought it was called Ethel Hook, like the the woman's Ethel name, Hook. Ethel. Freelancer. It's Ethel, yes, I, I figured that out. So where, I've never heard of Ethel Hook before. What exactly is that? Well, it's basically a injector slash memory modifier. It's, um, there's a lot of uh, stuff that you can do server-side dynamically, and there's a lot of things you cannot do server-side uh, dynamically. And basically, FL Hook handles a lot of stuff that you can do dynamically from the server-side. It allows players to transfer money, it uh, allows them to uh, change their reputation for the character, for example. Hey, I'm going to make a freelancer character, but for some reason I'm flashing, quote, flashing the wrong IFF, some some other faction's reputation is higher than my intended one. 
Well, it's okay. I just uh, type in slash drop rep, and the FL hook just adjusts my character file server side. Oh, so that's something a GM can do. That's not something like a user could do for themselves? Uh, it's exactly what you can do for yourself. It's uh, Again, you're playing a roleplay character, so obviously setting up the you need it to be is a big deal. So, oh. you know, if you have the wrong reputation, you can instantly fix it. You don't need to ask an admin for that. Oh, my God. So you have all kinds of flexibility on the server to roleplay yes. exactly the type of character you want, basically. Exactly. And you were saying that people with different, like, IDs and whatnot have different abilities. Like, you were telling me that the police officer, for example, something like they can see who's using trade lanes and systems around them, for example. How does that work? Um, it's actually very simple. Uh, the, the technical way that this works is basically the Ethel hook plugin reads the changes to the, um, characters, and obviously, when you're taking some sort of lanes, it adjusts your character uh, accordingly. Also, my Skype is showing that I'm reconnecting. Am I still here? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, totally. Oh, my, my Skype is being odd. It's, it's you currently... Mean, you mean Discord? I'm not connected. You mean Discord? Uh, are, no, are you my, saying Discord? Or? No, I'm saying Skype. My, my Skype icon has changed to the reconnecting, so I thought my internet might have froze. Yeah, yeah, well, Tuesday, Tuesday nights, we used to use uh, Skype, too, and we stopped because it was always doing that for us on Tuesdays. That is strange as hell. Wait, are you using Skype to connect to I'm us? I'm using both Skype and Discord and a Whoa, lot of things. no, no, I need no, to no, be no, everywhere. no, 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 no. That's a bad idea. I... It's a bad idea, but I need to be everywhere because server admin and players like to address you in the weirdest of ways. I think the only way the players haven't tried to get in uh, contact with me was snail mail. But I I still haven't ruled it out completely. Yeah, we we moved from Skype a while back um, because we we hate it, hate it, hate it so much. Uh, We tried Mumble for a while. And that was a nice service, but not great on the usability uh, at all. So uh, that's why we're fairly happy with Discord, because it seems pretty usable. Um, I'm actually I, surprised. I'm ple- pleasantly surprised with this. Yeah, day, so. so are we. We're, we're really happy with Discord. Uh, and so far, we haven't had to switch to anything else uh, yet. Um, but yeah, uh, regarding the police, uh, characters, that's yeah, basically yeah, it. Uh, police characters. Um, when you enable this command, it's called flagsnet. Obviously we named it something that would make sense to roleplay. Mm-hmm. It just means that the police, um, for their specific house. So for example, Liberty police can only see the lanes in their house and they have two modes. Oh my God. Either they only see in their system, in their specific system where they are in, or they see every single Liberty system in Liberty. Oh my God. Depending on how, how populated the server is at the time, you might want to switch from one to the other, but yes, uh, all the command does, it allows you to see what character has taken what lane. Uh, it has specifically been made to be slightly vague so that, you know, players who do want to smuggle, etc. 
they are going to get that chance. So if you would scan a player, you would see that, okay, so this guy is carrying something. But you don't know what his ship is. You don't know where exactly he is. You just know that he has exited from a gate or entered a gate or entered a lane. And everything else is just guesswork. Try to coordinate your best with other players if you want to catch them. If they are. <laughs> if you see that they're uh, hauling something they should probably not be hauling. Are, th- are there bounties on players? Oh, yes. Oh, oh, really? Oh, it is so easy to piss off players who just make money. And usually people... Because they already have credits. If you start pissing them off, they, <laughs> they're they going to make sure that once you dock from your little pirate rock base, you're going to have five bounty hunters sitting right there waiting for you. Can you put bounties on other players? Yes, exactly. Oh my god. <laughs> All bounties like, obviously need to be made in roleplay. Right, so of, to prevent of, of course, but this is like to fit for the situation. This is like really doing everything that we want Elite to do. The game should have been. <laughs> yeah, this exactly. is everything we want Elite to do uh like right now. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, there is a way. There is a way to make the system automated, but it was our choice not to make it automated. It was more of a game design choice, if uh, anything, because it is a little bit too easy to get upset a uh, a player, uh, not a character, but a player. It's very easy to get upset at a player out of roleplay and post a bounty because of that. So if a player actually has to write up the bounty on the forums, it gives them a little, you know, that little chance to get a sandwich, so to speak. And obviously, at the same time, we do have blanket bounties. These bounties are uh, present for all the time. So, for example, you have um, Liberty Government, players who uh, basically, quote, run a whole house. Um, I'm going to explain about factions a little bit later, but basically what happens is that they basically just make a Liberty Public Bounty Board. You can sign up and... You, these bounties are always present. You can claim them whenever. So it's not just individual bounties. Stupid push to talk. Um, that's my god. So, uh, kind of a side question. Um, Doc Bonsai in the stream chat says he's. Um, uh, having trouble, like he doesn't feel discovery is as open because it forces you down a certain path, and it's hard to role play when you have multiple characters. Uh, which I, 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 I don't see it. But for a new player who wanted to jump into discovery like today, uh, would you recommend that they do that restart beginner thing? Like, what would you recommend, like, for a new player if they like downloaded and installed this today, and maybe they haven't played? Um, maybe they haven't played uh, Freelancer directly. Before. Um, the first thing, if they haven't played Freelancer before at all, I think the first thing I is to watch a little single player. Is to because watch some single player or to play some single player. Either play or if they can't. 
do that for one reason or another, or they don't like it, they probably should watch a Let's Play, because it, it, at least they will know the lore. Uh, if you want to jump into Freelancer, uh, Discovery Freelancer, you kind of need to know the basics, at least. You, you kind of need mm. to know what has happened and what the current situation is. Um, Discovery advances the storyline after the events of the in-game content, where Edison Trent obviously sends the nomads back into the space vacuum. And uh, <laughs> we kind of build on top of that. So you kind of need to know something about the game. You, you need to uh, know something about the lore. So that is probably the first thing a new player needs to go. And the second thing would be get a friend. Just go in-game, meet someone hook up with them, and Freelancer is more fun with other players. Solo is going to be appealing for many people, but what makes Discovery Mod interesting is the community itself. Because you can make a lot of friends, and that's basically, you know, as long as you have someone to play the game with, you're obviously going to enjoy the game a little bit more. And and it's amazing because since it's all... um like a single server, there's none of this instancing crap that'll lead us to deal with. So like if I was a miner and I wanted to say, have a friend come with me in a group and I will pay them part of my profit to be my uh, escort while I go mine, that's not hard to do because of the uh, server commands to give money and whatnot. Exactly. So there are all kinds of opportunities for role-playing and collaboration, which is super exciting. Uh, now, uh, how hard is it to set up your own? Because we do want to eventually set up your own. Like, is it difficult to oh. set up your own uh, f- discovery server? No, uh, actually, it's just a double click. You double click, and it's going. You know, player is going to plan. Uh, the issue is that if you want to set it up to the level of our server, the official server. There are just things that your installation, your client installation is not going to come with. Uh, so one example would be the anti-cheat system, which we have to keep a secret. And uh, the others are some very specific uh, plugins that we use on the server, which are, well, they're just not needed for a client install. So obviously that would be... Uh, event-related things for like uh, spawning things and etc. But um, as a regular player, yes, you can make your server. You can give your IP uh, address to your friends. You can have uh, fun on your own server. It's just that Discovery as a mod was never exactly intended for something like that. Heck, uh, I mean, we even got rid of the single player, although that was a bit of a uh, balance thing. But yeah, the mod is... Almost 100% just for this one server that we're currently using. It, it It's not exactly intended to be, you know, privately run. We didn't think um, to include that sort of content. What if we want that for our little server? Is there any way we can convince you to share um, You already this? can. It's just, oh, okay. it, I, I mean, you already can. It's all there. It's just that you want the full access because at some point we just started, uh, stopped updating that specific folder. Oh. So to get the full experience, we need to use the official server. Well, pretty much, yeah. But that's because someone else is doing all this. Um, for example, uh, obviously, 
like apart from ships and uh, systems you can explore, there's also a lot of other things, such as player-owned bases that players can create, destroy, and maintain, obviously, and make goodies on it. Right. So, and like, while that is sorry. that that is also included install if you wanted to make a server, but um, your install doesn't really have a lot of things associated with it. Okay, cause because we, again, it, sorry, go ahead. No, no, go, go, go. No, I'm just thinking we're 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 talking about creating our own like space game junkie server, and it sounds like it wouldn't be as robust as your server. Uh, it wouldn't be robust only from the side of server management. Oh, I see. You would probably have a very similar experience. Well, actually, no. You what? You know, you you won't have the player count, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Sure. But uh, if you want to just, uh, just you know, play the mod on your own private server, yeah, sure, it's gonna go completely fine. You can just use whatever it, is, it already comes with. Oh, okay. okay. There's no content that is lacking. Okay, I misunderstood. Um, because one thing that um, looked really yes. sorry, good. Hmm? No, 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 go, go, go. No, I was going to say, because one thing I found fascinating uh, as I've been playing is there seem to be, like, events that pop up. Like, oh, there's some om- there's some Omegas over here near New York. Don't go near New York. That was amazing. You know, how how is that kind of stuff done? Um, Step one, uh, be bored. Step two, log <laughs> your adminship and set up a event for players. That is really it. Sadly, because of the nature of these events, they can be automated. Because it really depends on the context of what is going on. The game doesn't know how many players are there. They don't know what level of players there are there. So if you want to make a tiny little event, say, hey, come shoot these uh, nasty nomad ships. Uh, protect the civilians. Obviously, if the game doesn't know what current players are in the area, it might spawn something uh, a little bit too big for players to handle. Oh, now, let or spawn it worse, just there's no one in like in those systems. Uh, so so we definitely want to be spawning things where there are players. Like, come here and we're going to do a thing. Um, is there like an observer mode if you wanted to be like a spectator while that event uh, is going? No, but you can, you can uh, if you are the server administrator, admin specific and, uh, commands, and one of them is a per- character. Oh, okay. And yes, we do have cloaks. We do have cloaks. You can turn invisible and, you know, sneak around and make booing noises behind players' backs. Really? Someone was asking about that, I think, on YouTube with whether uh, you guys, and I forgot to ask about it, but uh, whether you guys implemented cloaks. And it sounds like you did. Like, so you can be completely invisible to players. Oh, my God. That, that, that's amazing. I'll bait, obviously, for a specific amount of time, because um, cloaks are mainly an offensive weapon against uh, other players' fights. So, for example, you have battleships, very slow, ponderous ships that are... They don't have a thruster, They uh, their impulse speed is limited to 80, and obviously they have huge amounts of frontal firepower. 
Now, getting close to the actual target is still kind of problematic, so these ships tend to employ cloaks so they can sneak up on players. Stupid push to talk. And you can uh, you can buy a cloak for your own ship if you want to? Is that something... Uh, yes. Uh, there is... Uh, the cloaks are created by players on basis. They're not buyable from sea vendors. But you can just dock on a player base, see if it sells, you can buy them, or you can buy it off another player in the forums. There's just a out-of-role-play section, basically, hey, I want to buy a cloaking device for a fighter, or hey, I want to sell these uh, code names, a, or hey, I'm, I don't want I, I don't want to fly this battleship anymore, who wants to buy it? Again, because hey, the NPC vendor is only give you is going to give you back half of the price of the original ship. So why would you do that? Sold to a new player instead. Um, so uh, is I saw some consternation. I think um, around the whole fifty percent buyback uh, cost. Is there a reason for that specifically? Um, I don't know. Uh, you actually told me that it turns out that the vanilla was more. I don't know why it was changed, but if my guess would be that it was for the sake of a money sink, because if there are many faults in disco, then one of the things is that there is no um, money sink to speak of. You keep accumulating your um, money because, again, you don't lose your ship's or gear when you die. And the other one is to facilitate player interaction. Because again, it's going to be more profitable for you to just not to sell that uh, character to, to a NPC vendor. Instead, you sell the ship to another player instead. Uh, so where where is the server located for this? Uh, friends. We are using a um, actual host. Um... Actually, actual server host for that. Oh, that's pretty used good. To, <laughs> I actually linked to that picture earlier today. I showed the original Discovery yeah, <laughs> server box that. for the freaking Simpsons, the little Simpsons sticker on the front with a marker saying Disco Server. Oh, uh, that was beautiful. Um, because I've... It, it, I didn't notice it was overseas because I never get a ping above a hundred something. It's a, it's always a very good ping, and I've never really had. The only time I ever had lag was when it thought I had reached a destination when I hadn't, and that only happened once. Um, in my oh, that's actually a known bug. It's it actually happens if you the game. If what? And uh, uh, it 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 usually happens. If, you know the select closest route done. And you take a lane, and you alt-tab from the game for a moment, and you tab back in, and, oh. and the previous um, the previous way, waypoint is somewhere behind you. So you <laughs> yeah, something like that <laughs> happened. The game was, thinks, yeah. Yeah, I was running it in, uh, in windowed mode, and so I probably thought I alt-tabbed out when I moved no. the cursor to another window. Which, by the way... It does that. It's really impressive that you guys... Like, does Vanilla Freelancer do windowed mode, or is that something you guys no. hacked in? No. How did you do uh, that? It was, something, it was something that was hacked in, but I really doubt that it was... Hmm? You're, you're kind of cutting out. It's on, a public existing code that it was... Yep. 
You seem to be cutting out. Yeah, you seem to be cutting out a bit. That uh, is strange. I'm telling you, that is strange. I'm telling you, kill Skype for just a little bit. Just, just kill. Yeah, let let's let's just kill Skype. Bye. Hey, there we go. But yeah, uh, I don't think it, Disco was the one who added it. It was, it was probably a public code that we just implemented at some point. Oh, okay. Because that, that is really nice because that's how I have to run it in windowed mode to uh, not have it flicker. Because a lot of games from this era flicker on in uh, video capture when you uh, use full screen for some reason. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's a version of DirectX or something, but... Um, Running it in windowed mode. I have the same thing. I have the same thing in nebulas. If oh. I'm in a nebula and I record, then it kind of does this flickering uh, thing. Oh, you're still cutting out. That is frustrating. I don't know if it's a server oh. issue. Are you getting any kind of issues over uh, Discord with the voice? Is the voice connected icon like changing from like green to no. anything else? No, oh. it's no, 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 no. It's still green. That's, Very strange. That's weird. It's it's not terrible. It's just like every so often it cuts out, so we miss a word or two. But it's I'm the other, the other thought. The other thought is: Are you using voice activation or push to talk? Uh, what? There we go. Uh, I uh, I'm using voice activation, but uh, I'm also using noise gator. Because my microphone buzzes when I record. Oh, yeah. No, we do hear a little bit of hissing. But we'd rather have the hissing than the cutting out. So if you want... I don't know what... If it didn't If it didn't do that at the start of the recording, uh, at the start of the podcast, if it just happened just now... Yeah. Yeah, it seems to be a newish thing. It's not a big deal. Just just making you aware of it. We'll, we'll work our way through it. All right. Uh, l- let's quickly t- test this. Screw it, we're doing it live. <laughs> doing it live. Let's go. just do it. Okay. Let's see if this fixes it. That sounds good. You seem you sound fine to me. Um so I I, I wanted to ask because because you guys probably know um more about this than anyone. Like because I've noticed in Discovery, I don't know if this is in the vanilla game, but I've noticed some of the battles can get pretty big with at least I think there was one nomad battle I was in with a few dozen ships uh, on screen at the same time. What would you say is like the limit to how many ships uh, on screen you can have at one time? And did uh, has Discovery been able to add to that uh, over vanilla? Um, well, let's just say again, I, I really don't think the vanilla freelancer was intended for large battles like this. Again, I really do think that the vanilla freelancer was probably. I actually see my... Am I still cutting out? A little bit. A yeah. little bit. Very strange. Hmm. Which is which is weird, because it, it seems to be fine on our end. Like, I don't know if this is going to jinx it, but we haven't dropped one frame the entire time, you guys. And I'm not... Jesus fresh. Christ. I am knocking and on wood. Fresh. I'm knocking on wood right now. Yeah. No, we had, we had this audio problem, too, whenever... Uh, when he was giving me the tour around the system and oh, uh, we had some of the cutout stuff on discord. So I don't know. Very strange. Uh, well, I just lowered my uh, voice pickup volume. So maybe that is going to fix it a little bit. Wow. I'm you really, didn't, you uh, didn't looking, cut out once. I'm, you didnn't cut out once. Yeah. That's yeah. It looks like maybe that, that maybe that was the deal. Okay. Let's leave it at this level then. Um, but yeah, 
What's that talking about again? Uh, oh, how many ships uh, on screen? Because I think if oh, I yeah. remember yep. correctly, in Vanilla, the biggest battle was, I think it was the battle with the uh, Nomads at the end. And that was only yes. um, maybe a couple dozen. But it looks like some, the, the battles here can be a bit bigger. Is, am I, am oh, I, a lot bigger. Oh, so how many can, how many, like, how big can the battle be, would you say, in uh, Discovery? Well, the biggest battle that I remember from recent history was a battle between the Outcasts and the Corsairs, which involved about 60 people in the same system. Oh, my God. At which point the server was uh, starting to feel very uneasy because it's <laughs> not so much about the. FPS, yeah, yeah. When you when you are in a battle like this, yes, your game FPS just goes down. It, it it doesn't matter what kind of system you're using because the game engine was never supposed to be. Again, I really do believe that the vanilla freelancer was never intended to be more of a when it comes to multiplayer anyway, um, more of a kind of you know land party esque experience. So the game just starts kind of wheezing whenever something like that happens. Uh, but uh, it's not actually the FPS. It's not the model. It's not the poly count of the ships involved. But rather, I think it's the netcode itself. Uh. Because every single projectile needs to be sent for every single player. Every single player needs to be updated oh, of what sakes. is going on. Oh, that is that is a pain. And even with a more modern computer, it still chugs. Is that because it can only use one CPU? Yeah. Yeah. And if you try to do it on two CPUs, sadly, we need the entity to kick you off the server. You start doing that. Because it turns out if you <laughs> if you run Freelancer on two cores, it makes the game run twice as fast. What? That's actually, yep. actually kind of funny. That is actually kind of funny. Like, what is this? This is like having the freaking turbo button back for the old piece. Remember when all the games were locked to the CPU frequency? Well, oh, yes. I mean, no. if, if, if not I mean, we that. currently ventured into we currently ventured into the topic of uh, very strange freelancer-related technical issues. Well. Again, if you're, for example, playing with a uncapped frame rate, if you've been on the server, you've probably seen that message. Hey, don't like, don't run the uh, client at uh, more than 155 uh, frames per second, <laughs> otherwise it's gonna crap out. What? But yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, if you see, uh, have you ever seen a player who's kind of uh, like spazzing around, like backwards and forwards? He seems to have like he has fine ping. He has 30 ping. Everything's fine. But as he's moving, he's just jittering back and forth. Well, that's because his game is running at a uncapped frame rate. The game cannot handle it. Like The information that it sends to the server gets garbled. What? Yes, that is an actual rule we had to place on the server. Do not like limit your maximum FPS, otherwise you are going to jitter for other players. And obviously, other players are fun for you, but they see you jumping around. And obviously, when it comes to player versus player fights, that is a annoyance at best and cheating at worst. Hmm. So but yeah, that uh, person in the uh, stream chat he actually uh, mentioned strict rules. 
that is a problem. And the rules are there. The reason we have a legal document worth of rules is because Freelancer as a game is so freaking old and mm. there are there are things we cannot mod. There are things we cannot mod. There are specific game systems that we cannot alter. Like and so what? we have um well, for example, hey, don't don't shoot a player without a warning. Don't just, you know, um, you're sitting outside of uh, Manhattan, for example, and you're on your Liberty Navy character. Uh, pops out another Liberty Navy character in a battleship and just opens fire on you and kills you. We There is nothing we can do in the game that would prevent a player from doing that, but obviously that is against the sort of rules. Oh, for the sake of the example. Oh, wow. So, so the rules exist because we physically cannot enforce something, like from a game mechanics point of view. And sadly, that is the case for every single roleplay server ever, because when it comes to making sure that the game environment is fit for roleplaying, there's just certain rules players need to follow. Yeah, the I guess one of the biggest crimes about all this is you can't get freelancer anywhere digitally, like at all, like legally anyway. Yeah, I mean, it, it it baffles the mind. I mean, I thought it was a fairly good seller back in the day, and you would think that, I mean, micro Microsoft has been cashing in on nostalgia with Age of Empires, Age of Mythology, Rise of Nations, blah blah blah. Why not this? I wonder. So. Does 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 this have anything to do with with Roberts? Uh, probably not. Uh, there is a very popular belief at this point that the source code of the game required. To, I'm cutting out again, aren't I? Just a little yes. bit. Just a little bit. Very it's, strange. It's not that bad. Anyway, the source code of the game. You were saying. Uh, the source source code of the game is uh, that you are required to have in order to digitally repack the game for digital distribution is not accessible anymore. Oh, no. So that is the reason why Freelancer remains on GOG as one of the top 10 most required, like, desired games to be on GOG for the last five years. And it still hasn't been. Oh, so so they just can't. And that is why, yeah... Yeah, this is, this exactly. Is, I think it's the same reason why we don't have um, Homeworld Cataclysm either. And the bad part is that, hey, I mean, you can still fight Freelancer in bins, still find it uh, on eBay, on Amazon, but again, those are limited uh, physical copies. Many of the copies that you find on uh, Amazon, on eBay, specifically on eBay, these guys are collector's tier items, you know, the box set, all of the, um, you know, advanced collector's edition, and, uh, you know, the prices are there to match. So, we had Discovery Freelancer in 2015 decided to potentially bite a bullet, and we simply added the game ISO for download to the mod section. Sadly, uh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's 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 kind of a legal gray area. I mean, you're not hosting it yourself; you're just pointing to somewhere that is and saying, "Hey, you want the game? Eh, 
Hey, uh, let's say, hey, let's say that you have bought the game before, right? But your yeah. disc is scrambled, and you obviously cannot do. But yeah, no. See, the reason why this is a gray area is that there is no monetary benefit for us, and at the same time, uh, if there is no cutting into any sort of profit, it's obvious that it's. It's not distributed anymore. We are basically allowing players to access a product that is that whose demand is not being met by the original distributor. Oh, I agree, and it's a real crime that's not being met because I, I tell people all the time, "Hey, you should play this," but they can't, not legally, really. Anyway, um, it, it's just such a it's just such a shame because this is. Even the vanilla version of this is still a great game. Like, I've probably played through the single-player campaign like five, six times. I think the most... So well, it does actually hold up. Yeah. Yeah, it holds up really well. You were saying the voice, the, all the voice acting alone. You guys, you guys haven't touched that. Tobias Esquire. <laughs> it's just amazing, like, how much of it there is. And, and how it just flushes out the game so well, even to this day. Oh, Jesus Christ. If only they could have expanded their uh, development cycle for maybe a year. One more year, and it would have been amazing. Yeah, I know. I I got to... um, I went to this thing called GameStock at Microsoft back in, like, 99, 2000. And... um, Oh, that is where they did have that um, preview for the... They they had a preview of it. They had these ma- it, they had this big video with massive stations and and this amazing like open universe. It was incredible. And then three years later, we got what we got. And that was still good. It's it's not bad, but I got to just see a little bit of what it could have been, you know, at that event. Yep. And it was I, I don't know if that it's video like still exists. Ordering a pizza, somewhere. and you get the pizza with the toppings slightly skewed to one side. <laughs> no, it <laughs> was hey, like just, it was like you ordered a large with three toppings, and you got a small with half the pizza with the topping you wanted, and half the pizza with some other topping that you didn't ask for. That's basically how it felt. <laughs> and and it's, still pizza though. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not really knocking it because Freelancer is still a great game. I just wish, like, whenever I talk to someone who, I like, just wish it was that. I, I just wish it was actually say, like, if we didn't see that preview, we wouldn't care. Probably not only that, it's just but it's shame. like even what exists is still good. But I, I wish there was just like a way for people to easily get it. You know, like. Like, for years, for example, I'll bring up an example, SWAT uh, 4 was not available digitally for, like, several years. And it hit GOG earlier this year. It's still in their, like, top seller list months later because people still love and play that game. And I feel like if somehow Microsoft was able to find the code in a desk drawer somewhere and put it on GOG, people would buy the crap out of this. It's, it's, and then probably more people they would, really would. And then more people would probably play see, your mod. You know? See, and that's that's the argument I have for Blizzard when they say, "Oh, well, Warcraft one and two, they're just so old, they're too boring. People 
people won't like it. They're not going to buy it. Bull I'm like, really? Shit. Really? really? People it's still shit. play StarCraft, like the first StarCraft. Which, yes. which is why the they're remastering it. Which is why they're remastering it. Not even remastering They release the original StarCraft 1. Right, for free because they're for remastering free. the first one. That's that's why, because they're remastering yeah. it and they're going to release it. So that's why they made the first one free. Well, then probably uh, Warcraft 1 is probably going to follow. I mean, if they're doing one thing, they might as well probably do the other one as well. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a market for these older games. And it just amazes me how some some companies just w- can't or won't jump on that bandwagon. You know, like like with this game, for example, or like, why why can't I buy Crimson Skies somewhere? You know, God damn it, I I would I would pay if if GOG put that on there today for ten dollars, even though I own it on disc, buy that in a nanosecond, no question, because that game's amazing. Uh, it's so frustrating. You know, like, I can't even imagine how many more people would play your mod, Discovery, if it was available on GOG. You know, the but ser- what they enjoyed, because um, one of the biggest faults Disco, and I'm obviously not, <laughs> I'm not afraid of talking about that, is the fact, yes, it's a roleplay server, but again, that means it's a niche. It's a niche attraction yeah, for people sure. who like that. Sure. Well, yeah, because exactly. it's like, well, what's, what's the end game? Well, the end game is interacting other with the players. People. Exactly. And and there's a and saying that hell is other people. So, <laughs> Well, again, the problem is we are currently the most active surviving multiplayer freelancer experience. And people still want to try the multiplayer experience, even if it means coming to our mod, because our mod does not drastically change the game. Well, even in vanilla freelancer multiplayer... Once you get up to a certain place, I mean, it, it's it's not really like the game continues to stack challenges in front of you, right? I mean, at some point, you've, you've basically dominated the game, and there's nothing else to do. You can max out. It's just that it's kind of hard to do in Disco, because there's, a, oh, there's always something. Yeah, it sounds yeah, like if you, you can make your you own anger challenges. anger the game master. And, yeah. We, oh we yeah, anger, I mean, we anger the admin, and they just bring all the aliens to. Oh yeah, <laughs> and, and, and oh, have you guys talked about player-owned stations yet? Because that's a hot thing. That's a hot thing. It's always been a hot thing Wait. because there's usually so much drama when someone blows them up. You can build a station. You can build your own stations in this. Exactly. What you're probably you if you yep yep, and if you played the. Like, if you played around in Pennsylvania, you probably already saw some of these. One of the storage depots for helium right outside the field is maintained by a player. Yeah, which is super convenient because otherwise you would have to fly clear around the planet because the, the mining Not area is that. on the back Remember that the best sell point is about uh, 30 systems away. So obviously you're not going to do that in your dinky little f- uh, freighter, right? Yeah. No, let someone else with a 5,000 uh, cargo ship do that. And obviously he doesn't want uh, to wait until you fill up his cargo hold. No, he's going to just uh, get the uh, helium that you brought to that base. So it is a quasi-dynamic economy. That players can involve themselves in. Which is really nice because 
uh, like like I was saying earlier, freelancer didn't have much of an economy at all. Which no, that's actually something we really did. Um, freelancer was plagued. The, the original freelancer was plagued yeah. with uh, something that we ca- called AB routes. When it comes to trading, you you take something from Manhattan, you go to New London, you take something from New London, and you go back to Manhattan. It's basically just an AB route. In Disco, we basically mm. removed that. Which is nice, because it adds a little more variety. Like, I would not have gone through, like, 11 systems last night if I hadn't found this one piece of cargo that sold really well in this other system uh, 45 hops away. You Do know. you guys ever, like, change the commodities a little to kind of mix it up so that it, it's yeah. not... Every, uh, every, once, uh, every once in a while, there are bumps, there are some changes to the pricing. For example, one of the last was in Omega-7, where players mine, he- um, sorry, not helium, silver and copper. And obviously, since the place was suddenly so very dangerous, the copper and silver prices just uh, went up. Yeah. Obviously, it's just a manual thing that a server admin does, but, you know, we still do that every once in a while. Yeah, uh, so- every once in a while, I prefer, I, I personally like to bump um, stuff like uh, smuggling commodities. So, you know, we, you have uh, sneaky people, junkers and freelancers trying to dock on Planet Manhattan with things they should rather not. Gives other players something to do. Yeah, well, I noticed um, in the the battleship that was right outside the newbie dock, um, you guys were paying a bounty of like forty five thousand instead of the normal ten thousand credits for the uh, was it the junker pilots or yes whoever and they were actually it's because uh, one of your guys uh, commented that uh, you know it would be very interesting if there was an alternative to mining helium I would re- really like if these missions paid a little bit more I can't really you know without patching make the um, these missions pay more but I can you know make a base that sells the piles for more. There's always a way to kind of fix things, yeah, one way or another. That's super awesome. Yeah, that's, so I just, I sorry. guess, like, does money ever just become not important though? Because you know you've got enough, right? So then at that point, yes. it's just like you just keep the same guns, the same ship. There's, there's really no need to change equipment. You, you well, find that ship yes, you're happy in. Technically, yes, but practically that never happens because, hey, you players, you friend them, and they say, hey, let's go, um, you know, play on whatever. Hey, I, I don't want to, like, I don't want to sit on my uh, Liberty Navy character anymore. I want to go be a badass space pirate in the Omegas. Mm. And, uh, you know, then you end up making a character in the Omegas and meet other people and say, hey, you know what? That character seems interesting. That ID seems interesting to fly. Let me just make that. And, yeah. you know, that's so, how it goes. And that's that's how you end up with 20 accounts with like 300 worth of characters. Hey, So let's talk about, about being a badass space pirate for a moment because there are rules because it's a, it's a role play server. So I can't just roll a, uh, a pirate character and then run around willy nilly shooting everything. Well, so no, you have to that, open that, communications like, with somebody and say, "Hi, I'm a pirate. I'm about to kill you." Yeah, basically, for it's mostly for the sake of fair play. Because again, like again, the whole point of the survey is player interaction, right? Just uh, having someone jump out of the jump gate and you killing them is not really a lot of interaction. 
Oh, that's that's a lot of interaction for one of them. Yeah, for one of them. You've been interacted with. <laughs> and now you can go interact back like 17 jumps back where you respawn. But uh, yeah, really, when it comes to piracy, there's not really a lot of rules. Basically, just have an ID that is that allows you to pirate people and make sure that the men's are, uh, you know, vaguely in the sense of normal. Like, you know, don't make an demand for someone to, hey, give me all of your freaking credits, like 10 billion credits or something. That's, that's that's there's a lot of people there's a lot of people there's a lot of people who make a lot of money piracy and they do it with quote reasonable demands i mean the point of piracy is to get money and players are more inclined to pay when they basically look at their cargo look at the amount of money you ask for them and go like I'm so close to the sell point, I might as well pay this freaking guy, and then I'm going to post a bounty on him, because fucking hell! <laughs> Something along those lines. <laughs> oh, we had we had a pirate that just ended up... Like, he rolled up with a bomber, and by the way, like, if you want me to talk about the ship types that we added that, you know... Uh, he rolled up with a bomber do, in yes. a mining uh, section. There were like seven people in mining ships in that mining section, and he's like, hey guys, guess what? I'm your new landlord. <laughs> and obviously, they just looked at one another and they're like, get the hell out of here, dude. And then he killed them all. That guy, I think, I, th- I think he still has a bounty on his head to this day. So you were saying about some of the uh, ship types you guys added. What besides the bomber? What were what were some of the other ship types you guys added? Well, basically there are um, a few main ways uh, to describe them. So obviously, first you have the fighters, uh, the so-called uh, snub ships, right? Uh, they range from a light fighter or quote a interceptor. These things fly faster, but obviously they're basically glass cannons. They're still viable in PvP, it's just that try not to hit a nuke. Uh, a nuke mine. And it goes all the way uh, up to super heavy fighters, which are basically just slower, fatter ships with much more guns. And uh, you have also bombers, which are specifically made to take down larger ships on the cheap. So if you buy a battleship for about um, 600 million credits, then you can actually do... A, uh, do Considerable da- amount of damage with a bomber that costs about 25 million credits to set up, but it is going to take a while. Um, after that, you have um, all the transport ships, starting from the freighters to large, um, huge transports, uh, container transports, etc. Then you have gunboats, which are very the smallest capital ship in the game, by the way. Uh, they are specifically designed to take on snubs. And uh, they have cruisers, which are geared towards long-range bombardment of larger ships. And then you also have um, battleships, which are exactly what it sounds. And uh, technically speaking, every single ship in the game can damage all the other ships in the game. One way or another. Depends on how you load it out. So even a couple of fighters can uh, do... 
a reasonable amount of damage to a battleship if they try. Wow. That's, that's, wow. <sighs> it's a nightmare to balance, but we kind of found a way. While trial and error, and a lot of drama and a lot of complaining. Yeah, so uh, let's start wrapping up because um, it's late for you too. Uh, what is what what is like the big thing? Like, what would you say is the big thing you added in your latest patch, and what is the big thing that's coming in your next patch? Oh, we are uh, one of the latest things that we added was a story. I didn't mention this. Still remains a con. Sorry, you cut out. And I'm you? still. Yep, yep, yep. I'm. I see that. This is really strange. It's it is a little bit. Not supposed to do something. Like Sorry that. about that, folks listening on the stream and the podcast. It doesn't seem to be anything we can do about it. Could you uh, just repeat though what, what you were just saying, please? Um. So it was uh, the storyline update. It was a bit of a more of a content patch. This. Uh, last one to just update a lot of the plugins that uh, we use for server events. And uh, one of the next planned big things is uh, the introduction of more capital ship uh, gear. Because for for a time, people were complaining that uh, the uh, PvP balance was mainly geared towards fighters, and the fighters got a lot of new goodies, not uh, a lot of new weapon types. And uh, capital ships, they kind of gathered dust and uh, now we're fixing that. One step of a time. Uh, step of a time. Sorry, my uh, thing cut out again. So, uh, any idea? Um, any idea when that's going to be happening? Oh, as soon as the <laughs> current test server stops crashing itself. As soon as we find all the problems with it, then we push the patch. And then hopefully nothing catches fire. Right. Because so, again, in the end, this is freelance we're talking about. So if folks want to, um, if folks want to find um, the discovery mod, I'm going to have links in the uh, show notes, but if they, uh, are you guys like, if someone wants to help work on the mod, are you guys uh, open to people helping you out as well? And if exactly. so, and if so, how do people uh, get in touch with you? Oh, very simple. All you need to do is be a member of the community, as in register on the forums. The forums have actually have a separate section for modding and modding tutorials and modding tools, and anyone can apply to be a trainee dev. As soon as their work are is at a level where they can be, you know, incorporated. But yeah, we actually had a fairly recent boost in new devs. Because at some point in the past, we kind of um, uh, slacked there <laughs> a little bit. But yeah, things are much more active right now. And there's a lot of new uh, talent on scene. Really, anyone can, uh, anyone can contribute to the mod and the community. And that's, again, what makes Discovery fun. 50% is the in-game, and f- the other 50% is the community. And, and it looks like you have a pretty active community based on your forums and everything, and the the server population, um, which is pretty, pretty goddamn awesome. Especially because it's like, I hate to bring up Jumpgate again, but it's so sad like to see like two people playing Jumpgate, 
you know, which is a really great game. But then you log into this and you see I've never seen less than a dozen people on this. And it's more accessible than Jumpgate, um, but it's also apparently much more popular, which is awesome. And it's still a niche thing. And it's, and that's something we're still... Again, we kind of hope that this is going to remain the case. We see the activity. We see the players want this sort of thing. So we're going to you know, keep working on it at right. the best of our uh, application, yeah, to the best of our ability. It's definitely a niche, with, niche within a niche. Definitely, this whole thing. Um, oh, yeah. But folks, the game again is called uh, Discovery Freelancer. You could uh, find a link to that on the show notes. Um, it is free. It also uh, questionably includes a link to the base freelancer game, which you also need. We talked about Cough. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <clears throat> we know a guy. Yeah, we know a guy. We don't own this game, but we have an understanding with the people who do. We have a dealer. Uh, uh, we, got a, we got a guy with a trench coat in an alley and a CD-ROM. Uh, but if you can... Oh, yeah. You should find a legal copy of Freelancer anyway. It's not that expensive, and it's definitely worth owning, because even the vanilla game of Freelancer, it runs on Windows, at least 7, that's what I use, it runs out of the box on Windows 7 without any problems. It runs, and it runs on uh, Windows 10 as long as you enable the, the, the Microsoft direct, Net component. The, the direct play uh, net thing, yeah. 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 yeah, which apparently is only a few button clicks. Once you figure out how to yep. do it, it's not hard to do. Um, but it, even the vanilla freelancer game is worth owning because it's a great story. Great, I mean, an amazing flight combat engine that really is still unmatched to this day. And uh, Discovery just takes what made freelancer great initially and just adds more awesomeness to it. So it's definitely worth tracking down a copy of Freelancer if you want to own it legally. It's definitely worth it. Uh, but if you if you're low on money, you know, you know, you know, uh, anyway, cough. cough, uh, just a few show notes before we wrap up. Uh, this is the last podcast before the contest is canceled. Um, uh, if you haven't heard, we are running a contest where if you leave us a review on iTunes and screenshot it, um, and send that screenshot to us, you'll be entered in a contest to win keys. So uh, stop on by and do that. Leave us a – because it's a win-win. More reviews we get, the more visible we are, and you get a chance to win a free game. And so, currently, if you do it, you're guaranteed to be the winner because no, you'll be the only one. No, no we've, we've gotten, had others. We've, we've had a decent <laughs> amount of entries, which is great. Ah, um, see, bribery, it works. Yeah, bribery does oh. work. It's the only way it works. And, and you get a free audio book from Ansible. <laughs> Which means um, you come on Discord and I'll narrate stories to you. Uh, fan fiction. This and if you leave two reviews, you'll be entered to win. No. Space Depends. No. <laughs> you also get a free card of mine. For the oh shit moment when you're on the bridge. Oh my gosh. Um, on Thursday, if you own it, we're going to be playing some multiplayer Titanfall 2. So if you don't own it, tune in and watch us all be terrible. Because... We will all be terrible, especially compared to people who play that all the time. Uh, I play it somewhat regularly, and I'm still terrible compared to people who play it more than I do. Oh, my God, it's so easy to be terrible at that game. But it's still so much fun anyway. 
It's so great. Um, so that's what we're going to be playing on Tuesday, on Thursday, excuse me. Uh, and next week on the show, we're going to be welcoming one of the developers of the uh, Master of Orion 1 clone. Not 2. Everyone's trying to do 2. No, this one, this is Remnants of the Precursor, which is definitely trying to copy Master of Orion 1, which I think is a better idea. Because honestly, now that I've played Master of Orion 1, I kind of think it's the better game of the two. Honestly, I think it's a better game. Um, and I will fight anyone who disagrees with me. Um, literally. Um, so yeah, that's next week on the show. And if you want to try Remnants of the Precursors, it is free. You can go to their site and download the alpha and try it out yourself. It is totally free. Uh, and it's really looking like it's coming along nicely. I believe this is the game where the guy who made the brutal AI for Pandora, uh, the, the Alpha Centauri-ish 4X, uh, with uh, just a cunning, brutal AI, he's working on this one. So uh, it will be challenging. So that is next week on the show. Um so, Syndromes, I want to thank you for talking to us in the middle of the night, Latvia time. Uh, so I'm, so I'm vibrating here. with coffee. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I have to go to work in two hours. Oh, dear Lord. I don't know how you're going to do it, but I really, really appreciate I hope you have a short – if I remember correctly, your commute is very short to your job. Yes, across the house. Oh, okay, that's nice. So you don't even have to drive. Okay, that's perfect. Uh, so yeah, yes, I really. Then I have another cup of coffee there. Uh, Papageno on YouTube. If you look in the uh, description below you on YouTube, there is a link to the video. There's a link to the mod, but there will also be a link to the mod in the show notes for the MP3 uh, that you can subscribe to. So uh, syndromes, I want to thank you for uh, taking the time to talk to us about this. Again, folks, this mod is amazing. It like takes, like I said, everything that's amazing about Freelancer and just adds bolts, duct tapes, tapes, uh, spits onto it. Sticky notes. Sticky notes. So much more good stuff to it that uh, it's definitely worth your time. Uh, check out, and, and again, free to play. Well, not free to play, but it is free Cough. to play. <laughs> you can play it for free. Uh Feel free to play it. Feel free to play it. Uh, please. Please feel free to play it. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, thank you, everyone, for watching and listening. Uh, I have a theory as to why we did not drop one frame tonight. Oh, my God. This is the cleanest. You forgot to, did you forgot to record? I forgot to turn on the stream. Oh, my God. No. Uh, this is the first live stream in ages where we have not dropped one frame. And I might have some theories as to that, but uh, I want I am I'm very excited. So thank you for watching and listening, everyone. And uh, we hope to see you next time. Have a great night, everyone. Bye bye. See you.